So we're actually in we're actually in week seven. Can you believe that? Seven weeks we've been looking at Ephesians. We've been going through uh, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, looking at Ephesians. We've had a look at um, uh, how we understand our identity and especially how our identity in Jesus Christ is so important for us. We've been looking at how we are nourished through God's word and, and how we get nourishment that feeds our identity, what we do and our behaviours. We've looked at some really practical examples of what it means for us to, to actually live as a Christian. And Paul, the writer of Ephesians, has actually given us a lot of direct, insightful patterns of behaviours for us to follow. And especially how, like last week, how we can be filled with love, what that actually means practically for us. And this week is essentially is, is part two of last week's message about being filled with love. But it becomes practical in the sense of how we are filled with love in marriage. It becomes talking about that whole section of marriage and what it means to live a life in the name of Christ, have our identity in Jesus Christ, and have our marriage be filled with Christ as well. It's interesting because whenever I'm conducting weddings, you know, we often get to talk about love in that particular point in time. And it's, a, it's an amazingly privileged kind of um, experience as we do this. But whenever I talk about love in marriage, I, I always remind people that the love that we want to see in marriage is not just a romantic love. Yes, romantic love's fantastic. Yeah? Okay, good, good, good. I was just wondering. I just thought everybody was, no, nah, no, nah, that's just so overrated. I don't want any of that. Um, no, but yeah, so romantic love is important and we want to, we want to make that. But there's, a, there's an underlying love that we want to be a part of that. There's a deep, profound and, and so much more complex love than what society just kind of glosses over, you know, on that surface thing. Uh, and I'm go- before I jump into Ephesians... I'm going to share a section um, from another one of Paul's letters to the church, to the Corinthian church. Uh, And this is often, you know, when I'm doing weddings, this is often one that people ask to have done. um, And as part of it, it's 1 Corinthians 13. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm going to read the first part. And just listen to what the words of love means. And this is, is talking about how we love, how we love one another. So let me put it up on the screens for you. If I could speak of all the languages of earth and angels and did not what love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understand all of God's secret plans and possess all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. So he's talking about love here. Can you hear it? If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. See, love is patient and kind. So important. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Love is not irritable. I know I'm irritable at times. Yeah? Yeah, that's right. Um, And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustices, or, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. See, love never... And this, is, this is the section I always want to emphasise whenever people use this passage within the weddings I do. 
Um, love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. It's, it's actually about having a love that can be trusted. Having a love that is deep, that will move through the hard times. And not just stay you know, in that romantic sense that can be washed around. But it's the love that's really deep-seated in, in the love of God for you. So this kind of gives us a really big kind of understanding of what it means to, to love deeper than just purely romantic love. It's a love that never gives up, never loses faith in Jesus Christ, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstances in life. That's a love that we want to see in marriages. And as Paul's coming to talk about marriage here, moving on from how do we be filled with love, this is the love that we're talking about. See, marriage is, is beautiful, it's romantic, and if done rightly, it's, a, it's a, an amazing, it's a phenomenal picture of, of how our relationship works with Jesus Christ, not just with one another. See, but see, the thing is, and let me be honest, our lives end up being messy, don't they? We don't always live in this romantic, beautiful scene, you know, with soft focus um, and, and, and love and, you know, running along the beach and running into each other's arms. That's not necessarily our lives, is it? Although for some people, I think they want to see that that's the only thing that they have. Um, but see, we live in the messy reality of, of family, of jobs, of commitments, of bills to pay, uh, of, of health issues, of the complex situations of our times, of conflicting emotions, uh, different personalities. See, the thing is that we're all sinners and God is still working on us, and that's where we have our love come into this, and this is how our marriages try to work. So I want to dive right into Ephesians, um, and I'm going to dive into this first verse that is the key to our verse today, all of the verses today, that the Apostle Paul is talking about marriage. And this is the key verse. It, it is from Ephesians 5, verse 21, and it says this, and further, so he's been talking about all this about love, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. See, this is our key. This is our key to how we understand what Paul is talking about marriage. See, for, for a Christian, every relationship, there is a call to submit. And marriage is actually a high call to submit to each other. And this submission is done in relationship with Jesus. It's not done outside of that. Marriage that is founded in, in Christ is, is beautiful and, and it is an amazing thing. But it doesn't mean that it's perfect. But see, holding the key to our marriage is that we, we submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. And, when, and I want to put this up for us. We need to remember, and this is super important, that submitting, submission, is not subjugation. And I want to talk about the difference with this. Submitting does not mean that we come under subjugation. Submission is, is one of those tricky subjects. And it's tricky because our very sinful nature of ourselves 
we by very different definition of what sin is, which is placing ourselves above God in our lives, we're not submitting. We're not submitting to God because we say we know better. So submission in, in itself is, is simply the acknowledgement of the authority of another person over you. Submission is the act of someone who acknowledges a legitimate authority and a willingness to arrange themselves in accordance to that authority. Submission is always voluntary. It is never forced. Take this in... You've got to really take that. And if we respond to this, then we understand that it, it works in our hearts and our minds and then on our lives, how we submit to one another. See, subjugation is, is different to that. See, subjugation is an act of forced obedience. You want a person to do something. You subjugate them. The person who uses subjugation uses fear or force or intimidation to get what they want, to break the will of the other person so that they surrender to them. See, if you talk about marriage in subjugation, you're talking about brokenness. You're not talking about love. We're not talking about completeness in Christ. But when we submit to one another, notice that when we submit to one another, we actively say another person has authority over me and another person has authority over them. We submit together. We have authority over each other. And we do this out of reverence for Christ. He's talking about a deliberate, dignified, thought-through, free-will act to say another person has a call upon my life. See, submission is an expression of humility, of respect and of love. When both sides submit, and, and we're going to see it in just a moment, that we kind of submit in slightly different ways. And I think Paul actually understands the male and female psyche a little bit about how we need to do this. The key that is painted when Paul is talking about how we submit to one another is found in, in verse 31 when he says as, and repeats from the creation story, as a man leaves his parents and is reunited to his wife, the two become one. So when we submit to one another, what do we, we become one. We become united together. We become one body. Not divided, but one body. So then Paul goes on and starts to give some advice about wives. And I'm just going to read the little section. And notice he only uses three verses here to describe this. Uh, for wives, this means submit, that word again, and, and often people have difficulty about that word. Uh, it means submit to your husband as to the Lord. As to the Lord. So how we submit to God as well in our lives, giving control over that. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the saviour of his body, the church. As Christ submits to Christ, so your wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Now, I'm going to actually invite Annette up uh, to do a little bit of speaking because I didn't want to be the one, the male standing at the front and saying, how does this start to play out in a, a wife's life? So I'm going to invite Annette to come up now. 
preaching a one-on-one. Yeah, up the front. I did actually forewarn Annette, but not a lot of time. But no, enough. not a lot of time. Yesterday afternoon, he said, how's this for a radical plan? <laughs> I said, I don't like your radical plan, Simon. Um, yes, so it was hard. It was hard to, to stop and to think about these verses. Simon said, talk, talk about our marriage. Oh, that's fraught with danger. <laughs> But I, he said, talk about your understanding about these verses for our marriage. And we argued a little bit too, <laughs> as we do, um, about what these verses mean. And I guess I've had a bit, I had to have a bit of a, a prelude to what Simon was going to talk about because I guess I had the worldly view of what submission means. So I was wrestling with that too. After our discussions, it came to me that Paul is calling us, as Christ did, to put others before ourselves. And as a wife, this means putting my husband before myself. But for Simon, I hope that means putting his wife before himself as well. And for Simon and I, the example of the unity between Jesus Christ and his church is a model for the union of our marriage. We attempt to have unity, love and respect in our marriage. This is not always easy and our children will attest to the fact that we both like to be right and to have the last word. And I think anyone that hangs around (laughs) with us for a while will realise that too. So while this is true, we try to listen to each other to work life out through mutual um, respect and submitting to each other. We've learnt um, to draw on each other's strengths and I think too you'll realise that we're very complementary to each other and we've been blessed in that way and and God's brought um, those things together in our marriage. And also to rely on God and there have been many, many circumstances where we've... um, been called to do that and I guess the greatest submission for both of us has been the call to ministry. Um, The initial call um, meant huge changes to our life and then consequently each call to each new congregation has been another time where we've really had to come together and not only submit to each other but Behind that is a submission to God. Well, thanks, Eddie. Deep, powerful words if we really tap into those. And and thanks for sharing. Um, I know you don't have a love of public speaking, so that's amazing that you've got up and done that. Um, Thanks for stepping up, Annie. Now, husbands. Uh, You know how I said Paul had three verses for, for the wives? Guess what? He has double the amount of verses for the husbands. Now, um, and and you know how I said I think Paul has cottoned into onto uh, the differences between males and females. You know, basically he says, uh, "Wives submit." You know, that's all you have to do. Males, he's gone. You need some concrete stuff, guys. You don't get the concept. I'm going to give you something concrete here. Okay, so here, let me let me just put it up on the screen for you. Um, for husbands, this means, so, so, so he's talking about submitting to each other. For husbands, this means love your wife. 
just as Christ loved the church. So in the same vein as Christ loved the church, love your wife. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by cleansing of God's word. He did this to pre uh, present herself to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she'll be holy without fault. In the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church and we are members of his body. So husbands, some advice. As I said, males, I want to say this, as a, as a male, as a husband, as a dad, as a pastor, we do need concrete advice. What does it actually mean to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ? And I think males just didn't get it. They needed to understand that it's actually about love. It's about how we love our wives, how we actually um, express that, what we do. We don't place ourselves above, but we place our wives in the same place as ourselves. We need that practical, real example for ourselves. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church. See, there, there, there are four words that that the writing in, in the Bible, in the New Testament, in these letters, uh, is Greek language. And, and, when we, and we translate four words, uh, four different words in the Greek, to one word in English, which is love. Um, and they each have a different understanding of that. And, and the words that are used, you know, the first three kind of loves that we have is, is there's a bro brotherly love, which is kind of affection for one another. Uh, there's a romantic love, which is the passion love. Um, there's a contented love, which is which is just happy to be there. Um, and, and husbands should have all of those three kinds of loves for their wife. But when Paul is writing, he's using this fourth kind of love to describe the love that husbands need to have for their wives, just as Christ loved the church. And this is what's known as a garpe love, which is a, it's just a sacrificial love. It is to actually die to yourself. Not raise yourself up, but die to yourself. It's actually rarely used in any of the classical Greek uh, literature because it's such a high and lofty ideal for us, us mere mortals. But the Bible, just as the Bible says that God is love, which is the same thing, sacrificial love, uh, just as when Jesus says God so loved, sacrificial love, it's the same calling that, God has on our lives as males in this marriage covenant that we're to love our wives with a sacrificial love. We will lay down our life for our wife. That is a high call upon there. We must uh, say again, verse 53, I mean 33, um, says this. So I say again, that each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect the husband. So when we come to look at this and summing this all up, and this is what Paul is saying, this having submitted mutually to one another kind of plays out slightly differently for men and women. But it's not one above the other. 
there's a mutuality in there. There's a respect in there. You know, I think um, there's a sense that that as a male, we need to allow our, our wives, as a husband, we need to allow our wives to, to know that we love them, that she is loved, that she is set apart, she is special above all things. And then you'll sacrifice for her. And that means sacrifice of yourself, sacrifice of your needs and wants for the other person. And the same way, I think also as husbands, we also need to know that there's a, there's a level of respect and trust and, and, and belief in who you are. Both of these kind of acts of, of, of love and respect all require a level of submission to each other in order to achieve that. So when Paul is talking about submitting in this whole section about what it means to be husband and wives... We need to realise that you can't just take it without that first verse. You can't take it without verse 21, which is submit to each one another out of reverence for Christ. This is what we need to do. So as we come into understanding what our identity means in Christ, what our identity means in practical, practical terms in our lives and specifically within our marriages, how do we identify ourselves? You know, for Net Knight... We come together as one. We don't, we, we're individuals, we're, we're separate, but we submit to each other and we do that out of respect for our great faith in Jesus Christ because we submit to Christ above all things. So let's just pray together. Our Lord, we pray today. We pray for all the marriages we pray for the marriages that are in our church, that are in our families, that are friends, that are in our communities. We pray for those marriages that are going through difficult times. Lord, whether that be through because of behaviour, because of circumstance, because people don't feel loved or respected. Lord, we pray that there may be a coming back to know that you are the Lord of all things and you are the Lord of our marriage and you are the Lord of our lives. Lord, we pray that you may teach us how to treat each other, treat each other with respect, with dignity in all that we do. Lord, may our lives, may our marriages reflect the great love that God has for each and every one of us. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.